is may 4th we have nate reinhardt on the podcast decky baby yoda how are you brother great andy skywalker glad we kept the star wars theme for may the 4th love it and we have to sh- we have to shout out baby yoda because we have nate on the podcast and shout out to him being an og sponsor with uh with metro mugs and sticking baby yoda on a mug and having that go viral for us yeah, our, our most sold uh, merchandise product is Baby Yoda with the back pocket logo on a mug. And that was thank you to Nate, Nate Reinhardt, who's been honestly a great friend for um, at least two and a half, three years now. Um, just an awesome, awesome dude who has um, just hustled his ass off in the in the media space for years now. And he has just a crazy story where Mr. Beast, one of the biggest YouTube stars um, in the world right now, gave him a shout out randomly. He has no ties to it randomly uh, from on his YouTube uh, year in review 2020 uh, uh, episode or video. Sorry, it was a six minute long video. And at the very end of it, he got a shout out and his page went from like 2000 subscribers or like 1900 subscribers to over 8,000 in the first six minutes. He's now at over 140,000 subscribers on his page the way he's been able to utilize uh, the, this gift from God more, more or less has been downright incredible. And he's had these tools quite frankly in his back pocket to execute for all this time. It's such a cool story, man. Yeah. And one of my favorite parts with Nate uh, after being friends with him now for two, three years um, quickly, we learned that he's a yes guy and he capitalizes on so many things. And we asked him to come on the podcast pretty early on in our friendship. And he looked at us, he goes, I need, a, I need a, more worthy story to share on the back pocket podcast. So I'm going to say no for now, but we'll circle back. And lo and behold, this uh, a gift from God, as you just said, came down from the heavens and his uh, YouTube channel spiked. He still has his full-time job with media bridge, but he is hustling hard and I'm so proud of him and just honored to call him a friend. So marketing interns strap it in, buckle up, enjoy the ride and hear how Nate Reinhart is capitalizing on his 140,000 YouTube subs. Nate, welcome to the back pocket, dude. Good to Yo, finally have you. I know it's been a long time coming. It's absolutely bananas. Uh, what's crazy is like we have a lot of different ties as friends and as like business partners. You were like our first ever advertiser, like successful advertiser, I would say. Um, and now like you're, you're kind of a Twitch guy all of a sudden. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. We we've crossed paths in more ways than one and we just keep coming back to each other. And I think, like I said, I've been meaning to get on the podcast at some point, but now we've had enough paths crossed that I guess we've have enough to talk about for an hour or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the coolest thing about it is, yeah, we, we've known each other for a couple of years now and we've talked about coming on the show and doing something like this. But what the progression of each other and getting to this point is the coolest part. So now we have even more of a story arc. And like you mentioned, it, the hour will fly by and quickly become two hours and potentially even three. You never know here on the back pocket. Um, but Nate, I'd love for you to start by just giving a little context for our listeners. Who is Nate? 
um, and give a, a quick background on, uh, yeah. on yourself. No, absolutely. And uh, uh, just disclaimer, I'm still figuring out who I am. So this might change next week, but good answer. Um, yeah. So as of right now, my name is uh, Nate Reinhardt. I went to uh, St. Thomas. Um, I graduated in 2016. So I'm two years older than you guys, I think, at least in terms of graduation. Yes. Um, and I work at MediaBridge, um, which is how I initially met Andrew. Um, I, I like to tell the story of how I got to where I am because I, I think that I, and none of it makes sense. So I want to be a doctor my whole life. Um, went to St. Thomas to be a bio major, did that for a year, instantly called quits on that. Not because I was a quitter, but because I simply just hated it. And I figured that was not how my life was supposed to go. If it was, I really disliked every single day doing it. So I jumped over to econ. So I graduated with an econ degree, but then after graduation, I don't know what I want to do. So I take an unpaid creative internship at media bridge and was doing like graphic design and things of that nature. Um, moved over to like digital media and then was an account executive. And now I'm kind of in my own role there, which is helping lead strategy, analytics, reporting, and so on. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of been figuring it out as I go. But to, I'm the only role at they're the only department at the agency that I haven't been in is the one that my degree most uh, directly qualifies me for, which is finance. So that's the the irony of life. But here we are. Yeah, and what's super cool about that story, I remember you telling me when we first met, um, you started an e-commerce um, company in college, and that kind of sparked um, the curiosity into what would that look like as a professional career. What, what was that again? Yeah, I uh, started a, a clothing line in 2011 or 2012 um, with uh, two of my buddies from high school, and we were all going to school in different places, but the summer before starting at college, we put in a ton of work. And what's uh, kind of crazy is we were in the top, I think we were the 12,000th Shopify store um, ever, um, like in that range, which now, I mean, if you've seen their stock price, I mean, they are the go-to for e-commerce and they I mean, they've had hundreds of thousands of stores um, before then. Um, but yeah, we were running a clothing line just because we wanted to, we thought it'd be cool. Um, and we like look at the time we were like, we have no idea what we're doing. And then now looking back, we were like, holy shit, if we would have just like continued doing that, we would have like, like we were doing things a lot smarter than we thought we were at the time. Like we were reaching out to athletes and celebrities and like sending our stuff to people. And we actually, um, shout out to my friend, Alex Soholt, who was my roommate up until I got married this last summer. He, he has this way of just like figuring things out. And he um, actually got um, a hold of like Colt McCoy and his agent back, you know, that was like around the time when he was like really like coming into the league. Um, and like, we got to send him something and I don't know if he ever did anything with it. We sent stuff to like the Vikings. We actually got a hold of Allison Felix, the Olympic. Um, I don't know she's Olympic in track, um, and sent her stuff. And then the coolest one, which is insane, but through a friend of a friend, we actually had Will Smith's address and sent something to his son, Trey, um, who is the oldest brother and we sent it to him. And again, we, we kind of folded it because I wanted to focus on being a doctor, which, you know, that's how that works. And also all three of us were just going to different, we were going to schools in different States, um, at the time. So it was just, it was tough to do when it wasn't our only focus, but 
that is what it is. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I think what's unique about you is like you started this hustle and pursuit of your, what you were curious in, especially with your friends at such an early age. And, uh, you know, I guess Andrew and myself, we started this path of like podcasting and now podcast production and media production, more or less. Um, we, we started that when we were juniors in college and you started this before you even entered college. So like, I would say just in that sense, like you're, you're a bit of a unicorn, but I think that really speaks to kind of your hustle. And like, if you want to be a doctor, like you have a brain, like a really good one, high stock value on your brain. Um, but <laughs> like, I, I just think it's so cool to say like, and just say like, it's, it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 19 going into college, it doesn't matter if you're a junior in college, or even if you're like 30 or 40 years old or however old it's, it's never a bad time to start um, something that you're just passionate and curious in because you never know it's going to take you. And you never know what, how much fulfillment it's going to give you either. Like if you just genuinely like to do it, it's going to probably give you some value. Like you're still get, like smiling ear to ear talking about like the idea of sending uh, a fucking package that you have your name on to Trey Smith, which is just hysterical. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, Everything that I've done in my life, even if it hasn't worked out for what it was in and of itself, it has paved the way for something else um, down the road with that that has been tangible. Um, like, you know, now I'm back to using Shopify in a greater capacity um, for everything that I'm doing with Nalter Deeds, which we can get into in a second, I guess. But like that, it's just like if I didn't already have some of that knowledge and like that curiosity, like and also even going back to high school. Um, it all kind of ties together because that's when I started my YouTube channel, um, which it was 2009. Um, I was a freshman in high school. Um, I had an Xbox. I loved Call of Duty. And so I got really big into the Xbox Call of Duty YouTube scene. And I was you know, following a lot of these people that were the first to really put videos on YouTube in the gaming space, like at least um, to the capacity that it's become now. And now everything is kind of live stream focused first and, and then uh, standalone content second in, in a lot of ways. But um, because of that and because of YouTube, I taught myself Photoshop and Premiere and After Effects. Like I torrented them and sorry, Adobe. Um, I didn't have the money at the time, but now I'm a, I am a paying subscriber. But like <laughs> I, I downloaded thousands of dollars of software just to like figure it out. Um, and that's how I taught myself how to edit my own videos. And, you know, then... Um, I, I put that aside to focus on college, but, and then do the, the TKC, my clothing stuff. Um, but now in my, my daily life, I'm, I'm using that, that same skill either at media bridge or like what I'm doing on the side. Like I still use Photoshop and illustrator and even premiere on a weekly basis. So well, even if the, like I said, even if the thing in and of itself doesn't end up working out like TKC, I don't necessarily have plans of bringing that back. The, the fruits of the labor that were gained from just like the process are what carry on. And yes. that in that exact finishing sentence right there is why we have connected so well over the years. Yep. Um, so process oriented, so much fulfillment comes from just trying something new, failing, learning at it, and just being continuously curious, like Deck mentioned. And that's the coolest aspect. And one big way that paid off for you of just continuing to be yourself and uh, putting your name out there, trying different things, was with your recent um, 
escalation of branding with the Mr. Beast um, shout out. Walk us through kind of that whole scenario and maybe some of like the bricks you laid prior to that. Yeah. So when it did happen, you had a foundation to launch off of. Yeah, a hundred percent. Cause I, it's something, um, it's luck is a thing. I got very lucky, but it is a matter of like, I forgot what the exact phrase is. There's a quote about like, you need to be prepared to become lucky. Like, because if you, if you became lucky, but you didn't have those bricks laid, like you said, Andrew, then like, you're probably not going to do much with it. And so there is the work that you can put in to get yourself, get yourself in the position to be lucky. And I just happened to kind of hit the lottery in that department. Um, and so going back a, a bit, um, towards like, so I got married in, um, June of 2020, kind of like right around the time COVID was, was happening and a week before congrats. Oh, Six. thank you. Mm-hmm. Zoom, thank you very snaps. Much. Zoom snaps for Nate, the married man. Appreciate it. It's cool um, shit. What was it like throwing a wedding in the middle of COVID? Um, that was a trip. Um, I, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad I never have to get married again. Um, is my thoughts and opinions on that because I I loved it. It was an amazing day, but we didn't know if you're going to get married at our venue a week before because the laws were changing because between, um, George Floyd had passed two weeks before. So there was like the, um, the curfews and, and things going on there. Plus COVID restrictions. Like we, we ended up having it at our venue in a more limited capacity, and then, but we also had to all be out by seven o'clock, um, at night. And so it, this is a, again, life lessons leading up to it of just learning to go with the flow and like not holding anything too, like, uh, seriously, um, of like, you know what COVID has changed everything. I, you know, everything is not how I thought it was going to be initially. So what's one more thing to just like, we can just change. Um, and so being able to, why adapt, not? Yeah. what's that? I said, why not? If that, if the other thing, if there's a billion things changing, what's the difference between a billion and one changing things? Correct. And I'll, I'll get back to the the original question from Andrew in a second, but on my wedding day, we, I, we do Gabby and I's first look, everything great. And this two minutes into our, our, our pictures before our ceremony, um, she had caught her shoe on her dress. I bent over to um, fix it for her. And I ripped my, my pants right down the center seam about an eight inch gap from literally the bottom of the shorts all the way up to the top. So I had an eight inch hole in my pants for my wedding. And I, I didn't care. I'm like, whatever, man, We're, let's just freaking go. So that's sick. That's um, so badass. <laughs> and you can't forget the, the shoes that you were wearing during your wedding. I mean, that, need, so- that needs to be pointed out. Okay. So it, I didn't wear the Nikes for the actual ceremony. We put them on for the reception, but I'm a, I'm a sneakerhead, So I also, um, uh, got all of my groomsmen, um, custom Nike air maxes, which I, I deemed the, the Nalter wedding day P player editions. Um, <laughs> and so it had the, uh, um, it had blue and gray. I love the Timberwolves. So that was kind of the inspiration behind that. And then it had gold text on the back just to kind of signify like the wedding and had the wedding day. And I think it, I don't even remember what was on the other shoe, but anyway, so that's, that was that a bunch of asides on the general story of just setting everything up. So we just got married living on my own. I've been live. I was living in a situation very similar to how you guys um, are and were, um, you know, living with a bunch of my best friends in the world in a house. And so I was like, you know, we were all kind of still in lockdown and like, couldn't hang out like as much as we normally would. And I just had more free time. 
And so I, I started, um, I, I had my YouTube channel still, I hadn't done anything with it since about 2011. I had a good amount, a decent amount of success. I got like 2000 subscribers. Um, and then I just shut it down for 10 years basically. Um, but I decided I want to kind of just get back into it. People were, were getting into, you know, the streaming world is huge. And then also, um, uh, cards. So, uh, sports cards, Pokemon cards, like that has, you know, grown a ton in the last year, just in terms of people kind of digging in their closets, seeing what they have, you know, influencers like Gary V and other people that are talking, um, just about the collectability. And now that's evolved into like NFTs, um, and just, I, it's a space that I've always collected things, whether it's shoes or now it's cards and, and whatever. Um, uh, but I wanted to like do something productive with my time that I could have fun with. So I would live stream on Twitch myself opening packs of, it was, it started off just being uh, sports cards. So packs of basketball cards and football cards. And then what I would do is I would upload those highlights to YouTube because as you guys know, one piece of content can become 30 pieces of content um, when you do it right. So I was streaming on Twitch to build that audience. Um, but then I uh, ended up chopping that up, putting highlights on YouTube, really as an afterthought, didn't really think much of it, it was just kind of like, let's just do it. You know, if, if you build it up long enough, you could eventually get it monetized. And even if it's only like 20 bucks a month, awesome. So I just started doing that. That was my mindset. That was the fall of 2020. Um, so I started doing that for a couple of months. Um, I would say having a moderate amount of success. I got to a point where on some of my consistent streams, I was getting 10 to 15 people, um, on Twitch, which is, it's not a large number, but it's still enough to become an affiliate and have people subscribe to you on a paying basis. And we're live on Twitch right now, actually. So shout out to the Nalter Deeds TV Twitch channel. I'm not reading chat obviously, but I did want to stream this. Um, so make sure that you are subscribed to the back pocket podcast. This will be coming out on podcast platforms soon, but, um, yeah, so that's, uh, I was doing that, having decent amount of success. Um, and then, um, I guess what happened was January 1st rolled around. Um, and it was a normal day. It was a weekend. I think it might've been a Friday night. Um, and I get a text from my niece and I'm like, I don't really talk to her that much and not like on a consistent basis. So I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And I read it and it's all caps. And it was something along the lines of Holy crap, Mr. Beast gave you a shout out like, ah, and for those of you that don't know who Mr. Beast is, he is one of the, he's the fastest growing YouTuber, I think in the world right now. I mean, he's, he was up to 48 million subscribers when this happened. And then he's actually over 60 million now just on his main channel. And he's got about four others that have probably another 20 to 25 million across all of them. And he's known as the YouTube philanthropist. Um, he, all of his videos are him giving away a hundred thousand dollars or an Island or whatever. And so, I mean, he, in a lot of ways, he's, the, I mean, he's one of the biggest people in the world right now in the space of YouTube. And so I was like, freaking out. And I'm like, what does that like? What? Like, I, I, I know who he is. I don't know wh like why he would have given me a shout out. So at the time I had 1400 subscribers on my YouTube, um, channel, um, because I lost some um, over the years from being inactive, um, from my initial stint and I loaded my YouTube app and I had 8,000 subscribers. And this video went live six minutes ago. Um, and the video was six minutes oh, long, shit. mind That's you. Insane. And, 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 you were so, and your shout out was at the end. My shout out was at the end of the YouTube rewind 2020, 
um video i was he gave me and two other small creators a shout out it was just a video of him recapping the year because youtube decided they weren't going to do it so he did it um and then at the end shouted out um someone from germany um these two girls from australia and then myself and so over the wait why did he just randomly shout you out though that's like what so i'm trying to understand. i don't know it was completely random to my understanding i don't know how my channel got found but he basically what he did on the video is there was a jar of names like a glass jar and he just reached in picked three names and somehow my name was on that paper i didn't people have asked me this a ton i have not entered anything i didn't know about it i've never talked to him um and so it was like I mean, I, luckily I have a video of me reacting. Um, I immediately called my friends, uh, Butler and Ramsey, who you guys know as comp keys. Um, and cause Ramsey's big into video production. And I'm like, guys, I don't know what's happening, but I need you to just get over here ASAP and them being the best, you know, quality, quality ass friends that they are dropped. Everything came over with cameras and we're like, we're just going to start rolling. So luckily I had the benefit of recording and documenting a lot of my emotions and feelings like in that day. Cause like, I was like immediately like, what do I do to not like screw this up? So over the course of the next 20, I hit a hundred thousand subscribers in the course of 24 hours. And then I went on to hit about 140,000. And then now I've been kind of levitating around 140 to 138. And then I got back up to 140. And so that's something that I've been kind of just like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm losing subscribers now because a ton of people followed as part of a movement. And then they're not actually, a lot of them don't care about the content that I post. So I'm, I'm losing some subscribers, but keeping the majority um, and growing now my own audience from that. But it's been a, a wild ride over the course of the last uh, four months. Yeah. Four months now. Dude, that's, that's so crazy. And we, there's a lot to unpack here, but I want to start with like the impetus of like this new collector's era. Um, and like understand why, how, like how personally, I don't know if I'd ever watch someone open Pokemon cards or any sort of cards on Twitch or yep. YouTube. But can you kind of explain or maybe educate me like on this like industry as to like how it's kind of come about or like the entertainment value or of it necessarily? Yeah, I think um, a big piece of it is nostalgia um, for okay. those any of us that that opened cards as a kid of any kind. I think it was like, oh, mom, mom went to Target and grabbed me a pack. And, you know, like I definitely remember that just for the record, like opening yeah. a pack of tops was awesome. And you yeah. had like your book and you would, you know, I, I totally understand that. 100%. And so I've, I've done a lot of thought process behind this because I'm just like, why do I enjoy it? Why do other people enjoy it? And like, why, why is this so fun? And I think part of it is nostalgia. I joke that I'm my, my content on YouTube is premium nostalgia content. As far as it's people that are one, like people like us, we're a few years removed from college. We're still tech, you know, we're, we're, we're millennials or, or maybe older Gen Zers um, that as a kid, we loved it. We probably stopped doing it when we got to like middle school or high school in most cases, just because we were focusing on other things. But now we're a few years removed from, from college and we have expendable income. And it's like, you know, um, it, I think there was a TikTok sound that I, I used where it was like, I have adult money. 
And like, this is like, now that, or now that I have adult money, like you can spend adult money on things. And it's just, it's, I mean, that's true. Like, you know, if I want to spend 200 bucks on a pack from 1999 to like, not only is it the feeling of, of opening it again, but it's actually, it's, I mean, it's like, it is an investment to some degree. It's, it's an investment, but it's also a gamble because you're not guaranteed the, the value of what you're probably paying. But in some cases you're going to pull a card that because it's older or, or it's just more rare. And if it's from a modern set that it, it's worth more. Um, and then if you get that professionally graded by uh, a company like PSA or Beckett, um, that if you get a, a high grade, like a nine or a 10 on those um, cards, it, it three X's, five X's, 10 X's the value. And so um, there's a lot of people out there that probably think that like, oh, you stream Pokemon cards? Like why? And I'm just like, do you understand that a, a first edition holographic Charizard in PSA 10 just sold for $500,000? Like, like, I don't think a lot of people understand that. Um, and so it's, it's something that Pokemon's actually bigger on YouTube than sports cards are. We like you, maybe that's, that's a weird concept. Um, at least I thought it was, but there's not really that many people that are doing sports cards on a huge level on YouTube. And so maybe that's a gap that as time goes on, that that will be filled. But there's, I mean, there's people, there's tons of people that have millions of subscribers doing nothing, but either opening Pokemon cards or just talking about Pokemon. And so that's been a big focus of mine just because it's, it's more affordable than sports cards. Um, it's, it's tough to find right now just because every target and Walmart in the world is sold out. Um, but it's super fun. Um, and then just to going back to your original question, like what, what's the appeal, every pack, there is a spot in it where there is a guaranteed rare. Um, and so being able to just kind of, and again, not everybody has the money to open cards. So, but you might, you kind of still get the thrill of, of being able to open this pack and what is that last card going to be? And so that's why I've started to be, uh, create, it's almost like a, a full production of like, I was joking with you before we started rolling of like the soundboard that I have. And so now what it's evolved into is I'll open packs and whether that's for myself or for some, from somebody else, we pull something. I just pulled a card a couple nights ago that it's worth 600 bucks. And we, I have like 30, 40, 50 people watching me and everybody in the chat is going nuts. People are spamming emotes. I'm, you know, playing and his name is John Cena. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Hit that button. Hit that button. All right, here we go. So like, it's just like, there's tons of people that join the streams and like, they're like, I don't even know Pokemon, but I like hanging out here. Like, and it's just, it's good vibes. It's, I joke that my streams are PG 13. Um, I, I try and keep it clean, <laughs> but if I'm going to like, I, 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 if I'm going to have my one allocated F bomb that is allowed in PG 13 movies, like I will, I'm like, all right guys, I'm going to use it. And then like, boom. But like, it's, it's just like, it's become this thing where it is, it's like a, it's a show and I have fun doing it. Um, and I, apparently other people enjoy watching it. And so it's, it's become this side hustle that I, I mean, I'm making, I would say a modest amount of money from YouTube. It's not, it's nothing like quit your job and, and, you know, do it full time at, at this point. But the other thing is I've created a website now, which going back to everything we talked about at the beginning of this conversation of being able to use the things that I already knew how to do in order to launch a website. And now, I actually sell packs on my website for people to buy. And then when, you know, I stream twice a week, I will open the packs that people buy on my website for them on my live stream. 
Um, and I get to freak out over other people's cards. And then at the end of it, I send it to them. Um, and so that's actually evolved into a, a legitimate, I mean, side hustle. And over the course of, it's been only about two months, but I've sold around $11,000 of packs doing just that. And that's not revenue. I mean, that's not profit. Like I'm not making huge margins on that, but at this point, I don't care. I put every single penny that I've made from YouTube back into the channel in some capacity. And I plan on continuing to do that because I have the benefit of having a full-time job and not needing to do that. And that's, that's just kind of, I'm throwing gas on the fire. Right. That is, no, I, that's I love that. the, yeah. That's the coolest thing. Um, I know Dex got a question for you, but real quick, the, the idea that, or that it's actually happening, like the um, passion for cards, Pokemon cards, playing cards, the, the rekindling of that really jazzes me up because that hit, I know Deck already mentioned, it, but that hits home. Like I, I know, I remember specifically carrying my deck of football, baseball, basketball, hockey cards to school and trading with people in recess. Like that was what I did habitually third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And I would, any penny I would make, I'd ride down to Albert's card store. All he did was sell carts and yep. I would go and buy as many packs as I could open them up as quick as I could and see what value I had any rookie cards in there. And I'd stuff them away. And then I'd go to the playground and try to trade them away. And that, that was the most fun that uh, I can remember, like in recess, all the other kids that had decks of cards, um, and the fact that now people are streaming it and people are like into the idea of just opening it and valuing the the interaction between that, it blows my mind that it's an actual thing. But at the same time, it doesn't because of how like much enjoyment it brought to me as a little pipsqueak. Yeah, no, that's what it is. I mean, it's as simple as that. And like, this is kind of, I mean, I can, even though, you know, maybe you haven't thought about it in a while, I can see even like Declan, like you said, you, a, 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 a pack of tops like baseball or, or football or whatever. Um, and it's cool if you have some of those older cards, like I found a couple of my old ones, like I have a Kevin Garnett rookie and like, I have like some of those things and like, you know, they might be worth five, six, seven bucks. Most of them are not in you know, the best condition, but every once in a while you'll find that diamond in the rough that, you know, whether you want to sell it or just hold on to it for the rest of your life and know that it's of, of value, it's, it's fun. Um, and like I said, it's, it's a combination of just the, the nostalgia of the nineties when, when cards were huge, um, and now the people that were kids and even the parents of those kids getting to relive that now, and because they have that expendable income that you could, you, you didn't, when you were seven, you didn't have money to say, mom, I want to buy a, a, a ton of packs right now. Most people don't have that. Um, and so I actually think that we need to turn this into like, I'm a, I'm on your court right now. I think I need to have the boys over whenever Declan's in town, if you have the extra time and we will, I will buy a box of football packs or baseball packs and you guys can come on on my turf and we'll we'll live stream that with and you guys can relive that on on stream dude that's badass i i hope i can have enough time to come back on because i i'm home for i'm home back in minneapolis where you're located yep. um for five days so may 12th to the 17th sounds like i'm on tour but yeah i literally feel like i'm on tour when i'm back in town so yeah and even if um, you're not like that'd be that would be more fun just because we can all you know be in the room and freak out yeah and pull stuff oh, totally. but even if even if we don't have time this time we either do it in the future or we could we could easily zoom you in like we're doing now totally well and and it's so it, you did a great job of explaining it because at the crux of what we're talking about is like an industry that was already existing, making money and providing just like tons of entertainment and thrill uh, to us and 
bunches of people like us um, back when we were young. But honestly, like the card industry didn't like go away in the 2000s and the 2010s. It's just like it's just now resurging because everything with the Internet and how we're being able to be connected on a Twitch and a YouTube and there's all these like different strategies on how to basically make money and make everything an industry, like literally everything. Mm -hmm. Um, no wonder it's coming back, you know, and, and collectible items have always been a thing of value. And now that you can trade and sell and like get everything at the snap of a finger, like it just makes, it it makes so much sense. So great job on like truly explaining it because I, I feel like if anyone who like is listening, who just like understands the thrill of like opening a deck of cards now totally understands like, Oh, NFTs are going to be huge. Like <laughs> that's just going to be, yeah. it's just starting, but it's going to, and, and it's going to be fun to watch like how that evolves in a, in a virtual sense. Right. And on 100%. top of that real quick, uh, what's like hitting it the nail on the head, it, the word nostalgia and vintage everything right now is branding 101 for every big wig out there. It's they're going back to the nineties is the branding yep. of almost every single company you see with the, with the color schemes, the wordage vintage and nostalgia, like, and then playing cards just kind of fit right into that. Yeah. That's, that is what it is. And I just think that given what the last year, almost year and a half has been like, people just want joy. Like realistically, like it's people have had a tough year in a lot of ways in one way or another. And so being able to have that pure childhood joy of like, what am I going to get? Like, I, I think it's addicting, like beyond like, and again, not even, you don't even need to buy packs to necessarily ex- experience that. Like, and that's why the YouTube and the Twitch universes have exploded with this. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's fun is what it is. I mean, it, like I, I might work, uh, you know, nine to five and eat dinner and then need to do another hour or two of work. And then I get on and sometimes my streams will go three or four hours long. And it's like, I am, I am pretty like zonked at the end, but like in the moment, like it is like, I am, li- I'm living my best life. Like, I feel like I'm on top of the world. I just get to freak out and, and, and just like celebrate pulling cool carts and, the fact that I might make a little bit of money here and there doing that, just that's, that's a, a, a nice like side to it. Like beyond, even if I wasn't making money, I, I'd still be doing it. I was doing it before that, before the, the Mr. Beast shout out. So now I'm at this point trying to figure out how to most utilize the opportunity that I have um, ahead of me. And it's something that I, I think Andrew and I, you and I were talking about this um, when we went to Utapils the other day of like cards are awesome. I don't necessarily know if that's like what it that I don't want that to be my main focus forever on YouTube. And so much of that YouTube audience, not that I should, I should be catering my content to what people want to see, but again, to have that opportunity, um, of having this audience essentially gifted to me, like that, I know what content they want to see. They want to see stuff that like Mr. Beast is doing, which I'm not going to say I can, I can cap what he's doing. Um, I'm never, I'm not going to do that at least not right away, certainly, but being able to, um, maybe do the cards on the side and continue to build that. But also I've done a couple of other videos where like to say thank you to everybody that helped me during the Mr. Beast shout out. I ordered Mr. Beast burgers. If you're familiar, he like formed ghost kitchens all across America. And I made a video doing that and then brought those around to like all my best friends and just made, had it made a fun video out of it. And it was like four or five minutes long. And like that video got like 15, 16,000 views. So I'm like, if I could start the card streams, don't even get that many views. Um, but so that's why I'm like, I almost want to move that over 
to another channel and then utilize the audience that I have on Nelter Deeds, the main channel, to build more of that other content that I still love to do. Um, but yeah, I'm in the midst of figuring that out. Yeah, I think uh, it goes without saying, like Gary Vee always talks about the idea of like, oh, you know, you can make money off of basically any side hustle nowadays. And like, he's totally right on that. And, but I think what he, what um, is kind of missing in that take or what everyone should like to truly take away is like, step one is find what you just love to do uh, online. Cause there's so many goddamn things to do and just go do it. And if you make money, it's just like passive income that you get on top of whatever you already already do. It's not like you're saying like you, you were just kind of explaining like, oh, I'm not going to like stake my flag on the uh, card trading moon and stay there for the rest of my life until I'm a billion years old. It's like, you know, I was gifted this platform. I was, I'm, I'm doing this right now, but like you are a fluid person who has fluid interests. So like, honestly, that's kind of the best part is you get to be fluid about how you progress through and find like the most joy at the end of the day. And I think that's just, what's super fun about it. And, and it's, what's cool about your situation now is you have this like gifted little pool of people that are now kind of following you around. And I'm sure that has a lot of pressure, right? Cause like before you were doing it with a hundred people, now you're doing it with 140,000 people. So like, it's a lot, a little bit different. Right. But, yep. um, I think it goes without saying, you know, like you, you have the tools to kind of pursue, uh, your potential. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And I mean, it's, it's something that it, it, I struggle with this on a daily basis because part of me, part of my brain is like, quit your job and just do put everything I have into this because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, and I, I'm like, that is not the smart thing to do necessarily. Um, and so it's not, I don't, I love my job. I love the people there. This just happened to happen, like it happened out of nowhere. I did not expect this. And it's like, I don't want to in 10 years, 15 years from now, say if I would have just like given it a little bit more and like went for it, it would have been, um, more successful and it would have been, you know, 10 X, but this is, it's, it's something that I have learned in a, a good friend of mine, Chris Anderson, he, when this is all kind of starting to happen, he's like, just remember it is a marathon, not a sprint. It is a marathon, not a sprint. And so I've held on to that. Other people, like tons of people that were following me in that moment too, were like, listen, we know you're going to be overwhelmed. Just do what you want to do, figure it out. We'll all be here regardless. And I'm like, what on earth? Like, why are so people so cool <laughs> like that to even like say that to a random stranger they just found on the internet. Um, and so like, I mean, are you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with discord. Um, like it's so discord it's, it's like Slack, but for gaming, like it primarily it, it's for forming communities. And honestly, it might not be a bad idea for the back pocket to get one. Um, yeah, we've it, been told before to start a discord, uh, community. And I was we, not, I was not really sure. I used it for fantasy football leagues and I was like, eh, it's not as good as Slack and whatever. But ever since then, somebody was like, you need to build one. So I put one together on the second day. And now I have a community of like 800 people, which is not a lot compared to the YouTube channel. Um, but it's, it's people that I can talk to in real time, one-to-one -one communication and have this community that lives with or without me where they're like, we have topic chat, ch topic chats about like sports in cards and here's pictures of my pet and so people are like in there talking about random stuff and it's building the sense of community when i'm not even there 
um, which is the coolest thing. And like, I know that in a lot, I am the figurehead or, or whatever. And so, you know, I have to like that. I'm the reason the community has formed. And as I continue to put out videos and whatever, it, it will grow and sustain itself. But I, it's something that that's one of the coolest things that's happened from this shout out is building this, this very loyal, um, really fun, positive community on discord too. Um, and it, it's, that's been huge. So I, I definitely would recommend that to, to you guys, even if you just put it out there, if you don't focus on it, just having it as an opportunity to connect with people, it could be a cool thing for you. Yeah. I think it's, it sucks sometimes. Cause like, um, we do so many, we just do a billion things all the time. So like, whenever you think of like this idea of bringing another thing in it, uh, it always is like a little overwhelming. I know Andrew's a little bit overwhelmed today. You could you could discuss that here. I know he wants to say something. I can um, to that real quick, Nate. Did you hit your camera button? Yep, I've got mine on. Okay. Yeah, so. dude. Kids got kids dialed in. But uh the <laughs> yeah, no, I I've heard Discord chats are awesome. We had a podcast guest on not too long ago who started a um a uh it's called Six Floor Trading. Uh no, Andrew, what's it called? Devin Winter. What's his what's his uh it's six four trading. Yep. Six yeah. four trading. Okay. I I I was I was unconfident. But nonetheless, he has a Discord community where they discuss uh they wake up every morning and do day trading uh and long term trades and whatever, but it's all centered around uh trading in stocks and crypto. And he just started this like membership and now he has like paying subscribers to um basically be in this like membership like group to talk stocks all the time and get like this like sort of insider knowledge but he was also another person who was like you guys need to start discord chat and i think really at at the at the end of the day it's all about just like building these like really good genuine communities where you can um not only like create the community where everyone's like having a good time and uh feeling comfortable and 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 grabbing value but at the same time like for for uh, someone like yourself or even when you're at the head of it, like, I feel like feedback is such a big aspect of it. Like, you know, you want, you want your, like your main riders, your main dogs to like stick with you, uh, through the ups and downs or through your different changes. So like, um, is that sort of a part of it for you? Or, I mean, like where, yeah. where do you find the most value? I would say, cause we do have like a suggestions chat or a channel, um, there for people to recommend ideas and, um, something that I'm going to be doing soon, little spoiler alert for anybody that's, that's listening, um, is we have a self, uh, promotion, uh, chat where you can't spam it. Otherwise I know people would, um, but people can drop their content in there. Um, whether it's your channel or your podcast or whatever. And that's something that now what I want to do, because I want my channel to be about giving back and continuing that positivity and being able to provide help to others, because I was given this, this blessing of an opportunity is I'm going to make a video of going through like my self promo chat and obviously doing some, a little bit of uh, prep work beforehand to make sure I'm not promoting anything that's like inappropriate to be promoting. But um, it's something that that's like, that's something that that's a content idea. Like I've gotten a ton of content ideas out of that. Um, and then also, what was I going to say about discord? Um, this is the big thing too. Cause when you think about like social media, you guys know that organic reach sucks, right? Like, I mean, there's things you can do, but like in TikTok is not that, but like in terms of like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like what it's like 4% of your audience will see your posts on average versus a discord 
which is going to be some of your not to say that everybody that you're you're that follows you is going to join the discord but the people that do again there's a function called at everyone where you can if you have a message like a server announcement you can post it there and tag at everyone and say hey we're going live for the dn the dnp right now come join us on twitch and you have a one-to-one direct communication that is they are all notified by that and these are all people that want those types of notifications in most cases and so the one it's it's not social media because it's not out in the open you have to join it it's an invite based but it's it's like it's like if you could post to all of your followers at once would you and like all of them would be notified would that be a value to you i yes. would say yes 100 yeah. percent. yeah totally and so i think you know i'm i 100 get it andrew and i talked about this this week of you know, there's only so much we can do. Like we have very limited time and you guys have done a really, really good job of outsourcing and finding really cool people to help you and help grow the back pocket into what it is today. And so Andrew was encouraging me because I'm at that point now too, of like, I am more than happy to do like film videos, do these things. Um, and, but I don't have the time to edit and do have a full-time job, be married, live stream, record videos. I can't edit and be consistent with it. And so he was like saying, you know, find somebody like we've done, like find somebody in college that wants to learn. And I, I mean, this is a very unique opportunity. And so I, I think there's probably somebody out there that would be interested in helping me. And I'm more than like happy to pay. Like it's not, it's not going to necessarily be huge. Cause I'm not making a ton right now, but like, it's something that like I, I would more than ha- be happy to provide somebody what I am making so that I can continue to grow it and do everything else that I'm doing. Yeah. That's, another, or go ahead, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, and deck probably will add to it, but that's the, uh, that's the ideal situation where you can bring someone on that's equally as passionate and might have a bunch of raw talent, but that passion exceeds and anything skill that they bring in every single time they care about joining what you're up to. And if you just pass along one task at a time and grow with them, Yep. Um, they will start to buy in and, and when you win, they win with you. And it's just a really cool circle, uh, that we've been able to build with our interns that genuinely care, if not more at times than we do about the growth of back pocket. And it's like, it's so fulfilling to see like them get lit up about the same things that I do because we've taken so much time and effort into, um, incorporating them into this community called back pocket. Yeah. And, and just to add to that too, it's like, there's, um, there's a, something to be said about like putting your time into someone as well. Like a lot of these interns sometimes like for us at least is like, Hey man, we're going to put some time in, teach you how to do podcast production, media advertising, um, like X, Y, and Z that we can provide. We're going to put that time in every single week with you. Yeah. And it, you're gra- like, Hey man, you're graduating in May. If this is something you're genuinely interested in, which is why you're reaching out, like we'll make you a serviceable person and give you an idea of like, if you want to be in the industry or not after three months, like promise you that, like, yeah, if you're going to, if you're willing to put the effort in and like, well, effort slash energy in, mm-hmm. then like, we're going to put in the energy and effort in too. And I think that's like personally, one of the most fulfilling things to do is like, uh, build up a guy or a girl in the farm system of like yeah sharing your passion yeah like i love video editing and i'm gonna teach people how to make like friday beers memes on adobe premiere and then like teach a guy over a course of three weeks and then all of a sudden he's making like 
awesome Bocella promo videos that we need to have for Bocella. You know, shout out, just, shout out Kai Carlson. Shout out Kai <laughs> Carlson. Guy put together a legendary Lion King Circle of Life video. It got taken down by Instagram. We're going to work on a workaround there. But like the Twitch stream last night was popping off because uh, I put that in as like a commercial during like Andrew's prep time. And it, the chats were going nuts. They're like, I, I, it's funny that we have to watch this over and over and over again, but I can't get over the Lion King video. And I'm like, dude, because it's fucking good. <laughs> like, yeah. It's awesome. But I, I you're going to be just fine with it. Like, it's one of those things that when you boil it down, it's like, you again, you can only do so much. And there's a lot of things that you want to do. And that includes uh, spending time with your wife. That includes opening the cards. That includes just physically doing the actions in front of the camera and like at the end of the day there's so many things that go along with all of that that require your 100% undivided attention that aren't going to take the hit for time commitment and a lot of times like people want to spread themselves out so thin and try and just get like C's on every class but like Matthew McConaughey said in his book uh, when he cut his production company and like cut his music industry and he goes, I was getting B's in all of my classes. I want to get A's in the things I cared about. So it's like cut those things out. Not, well, don't necessarily end them like, well, yeah. like Matthew McConaughey did because he had to, but um, just like use that as kind of a blueprint. Like, okay, I'm, I'm getting a B in, in post-production. Like, yep. let me, let me try and outsource this and, and teach someone. And, and that way I don't have to like sacrifice my time with my wife so I can get this video done, you know, like that kind of stuff. And that, yeah, that's a hundred percent what it is. Cause I'm, I'm very lucky in the sense of Gabby and I are, are in a, a good spot. She's in veterinary school. And so she's grinding just as hard as I am. Um, and so I think that if one of us didn't have that, that thing that was, required maybe more effort than just a, a nine to five, it, it would be a lot tougher. And so I know that that's not going to always be a thing. And I mean, she comes first, obviously. And so being able to make sure that I'm not, you know, slacking at my full-time job, I'm not, you know, not doing anything with YouTube and Twitch, and then also making sure that she's fulfilled and my dog is taken care of. And she doesn't feel like she's bearing that whole bear, uh, burden because, I have a 11 month old French bulldog that is just like a shaken up bottle of Mountain Dew. And he's just wants to run around and <laughs> uh, be crazy and eat things and whatever. So that's something that I'm, I'm working on actively right now, but I know that I need to outsource. I am a hundred percent on board with that. And so hashtag sponsored posts, anybody that's listening to this, if you're interested in assisting with, uh, any video components or just general help uh, with uh, my channel and stuff, uh, reach out to me on Instagram, which is at Nalter Deeds. So anyway, thank you guys for the advice on that. I'm excited. Yeah, for of course. I also wanted to at. pick up where the story left off. So like yeah. you were basically gifted 140 grand uh, in 140 subscriber, subs. Yeah. 140 subs. Sorry. I shouldn't say grand 140,000 subscribers. And this comes out of literally nowhere. We yeah. have no trace back to why uh, this man, the Jesus Christ of YouTube is, 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 has now gifted you this opportunity. Like what were, I, and I know you kind of had this like overwhelming freak out moment, but you, you capitalized and now you've kind of been playing it for this first quarter of the year uh, and, and beyond that. So like, 
what has that been for your mental? Like how fun has it been with like strategizing on what you want to do? Kind of like, where are you at now? What's kind of next? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been crazy. I did not sleep hardly at all those first three nights after because i that crazy I, like you don't even physically meet these people it's something on a screen that's telling you that you have something and like you're losing sleep in real time no it's it, it was crazy because i i mean i had like i said six minutes after the video went live i had eight thousand subscribers which is seven thousand more than i had 10 minutes prior and then every time i would refresh it would go 800 more a thousand more 1200 more and i'm like I'm like, this is the opportunity. I knew it was the opportunity of a lifetime in the moment. How do I capitalize on it? And so I think I got six hours of sleep over the course of the next 72 hours because I was like, I need to film videos. I need to go live. I need to set up my discord. I need to, and I mean, I don't even know how many total comments I had um, on my, all my videos. Cause people would go back to older videos and comment. They'd go to my recent ones and comment and going back to being lucky and preparing for the moment. Thankfully I had been uploading those highlights because like my channel hadn't been used in years. Um, and so I had ton of, plenty of videos on it, but like, if I didn't have those, like I wouldn't have necessarily, I don't know if I would have been found. Um, and so it is crazy. Like the butterfly effect of, of that. And just being able to, I think over the course of the first 72 hours, I responded to 2000 comments or more. Um, just like, I, in my head, if I can respond and make a personal connection, even if it's just saying hi with 2000 people that took time out of their day to say, congratulations, that's awesome. I think that at least a few of them will stick around. And I would definitely say that was correct. And so people, some people have been saying like, oh, you need to not just do live streams. You need to do other things, which is true. But live streams gives me the opportunity to connect with people on a one-to-one -one basis. And now I have people on my streams that are regulars. Um, and that I'm live on Twitch right now, like I said, so I can shout out Anthony Swenson, who's, who's watching right now. He's on almost every single one of my live streams. And like, I now have that connection with him, um, as many, and with many other people. And so and Anthony Swenson rocks ass dude. And that guy dude, sounds like, totally a, does. sounds like a good dude. Yeah, he totally does. So it's, it's something that I know I have not done everything perfect. I'm, I don't think that there, anybody in my situation would, um, but it, coming to grips with that of just, again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and just being able to acknowledge where I'm at in life. Cause I've had those, what ifs, what if I was in college right now, I'd be probably failing. I'd probably be dropping out because I could put so much time into this. <laughs> um, right now I can't necessarily do that. Like I have commitments to, to other things and like, that's totally fine. But like acknowledging where I'm at and just, you know, working with the Legos that you have in front of you is the analogy that, that I've used before. Um, and yeah, I just, I think taking it day by day, acknowledging that I can't do everything perfect, doing what I can, doing what I enjoy. And then as I know you guys are going to agree with me, it's about, I mean, it's about failing and pivoting. You, you fail, you optimize. Like that's, you know, you figure things out. It's, I, I am not afraid. I have had view videos that I think the highest, like, I've had a couple that have hit 80,000 or a hundred thousand since this has happened. And then I uploaded one where I thought it was going to be a banger of a video and it hit 600 views. And I'm like, out of 140,000 people, 500, like there's only 500 that cared about this. And like, you know, that's, that's kind of humiliating in some ways. 
like oh, very and, dude super humiliating like <laughs> i'm sure you guys have had plenty of those moments you put time and effort into something like hours of work and it doesn't pay off immediately but that's you fail you fall you get up you put the band-aid on and you pivot to figure out why and you keep moving forward so as far as my plans i plan on continue to keep growing um the live stream side of with with pokemon and i actually i'm going to be bringing more sports cards onto my site to be doing the same thing i'm doing but on the sports just because it's a whole new audience um there i still love doing it um and keep continuing to do that because it's growing day by day and week by week um but then also finding ways to do some more of these like competition style videos like that are super popular on youtube and just like i would love to get to the the place where i i mean i love the tv show entourage i think mm -hmm. there's a lot of dudes out there that do because it is an, a lot of people's like dream as a kid somebody makes it big and then they bring all their best friends along for the ride and everybody's taken care of and you basically just get paid to have fun and like that's what mr beast is he made it in all of his videos i think they're people like that he gives back, but he's, it's also him and his original boys, just like having fun, doing stuff together. And so I'm like, I want to do that. Like, not to say that I've made it, like I am in a position where I, I, I can make it. I have to put that work in now to get there, but what can I do? Cause like, this is an opportunity. YouTube's not going anywhere. YouTube has only been around since 2006. That's 15 years, which is not a lot. And just to think like, Mr. Beast, I think made $27 million on YouTube last year. I don't know if that counts sponsors or not, but like, and the funny thing is he gives most of that away. Like, I don't know if he may, like he might make six figures on that because he bought an Island for his best friend. And then he had to give it back because the taxes <laughs> were too big on an ongoing basis or something crazy like that. But like, that's, if I could get to a point, not to say that I want to copy Mr. Beast, but like, I could do stuff like that. I, I, I am one of those people that I don't think there's anything that I can't accomplish. And that's, I don't say that in a cocky way. I just say that there's people out there that have done way more things than I have, have been way more successful, have made way more money with way less assets than I have in my current position. And so I'm just like, I will be so disappointed in myself. If I don't get to at least a sliver of, of what, you know, a Mr. Beast or somebody else on YouTube has done. Um, just because it's, it's a wasted opportunity, which I, again, I say that with also recognizing the process and not expecting that to happen overnight. Um, but that's kind of the mindset that I have. I have that competitive of like, I'm going to be pissed off if someone that like they figured it out, people get famous on TikTok all the time and turn that into a, a career. And it's like, I was given this out of nowhere. Like I'm going to be upset with myself if something doesn't come of it. Right. No, and, and, and the thing is, is like, dude, you have the tools for success already. Like you've put in the groundwork, you've, you've, uh, the, the quote that you're referring to, by the way, which I'll pull that right back up here is, uh, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And so like, I, it goes without saying you've been preparing for these types of this type of opportunity your whole life. And now you have the tools to execute. And now it's just like, have fun and go do it find joy you know it's not it's it's quite simple but it's also very overwhelming yeah. and the idea of like what if is like that anxious thought that creeps in time and time again and i would just challenge you to like be present with it and like be super thankful with where you're at and that's going to fuel your best idea yet and it, that is something that i triple down on with the creative process like 
at all times because it's just this i you you want i think a lot of the influence especially with creativity comes from like what you're digesting in the current time so like you're gonna pivot in a certain way to something new that you've never done before hence like us with maybe discord because three or four people are telling us to do this discord thing in the last like month and a half or like hey this clubhouse thing you guys should give it a rip um all these different things come across your table at all the times. And if you're not being present, you're going to miss the opportunities. And then you're going to look back and be like, damn, I missed it. Just like what you said with uh, maybe the e-commerce thing or whatever, but regardless, you just got to continue to chop away and lay that perfect brick every single day. It's just fun to have the opportunity and it's fun to have the tools to operate in this society right now that is so remote, so online, but so connected in some sort of different way. And then like, I, when I go surfing in San Diego now, like I could, I could complain so much about my situation living in an RV in the middle of the desert. It's about to be 120 degrees, um, all these different things. But I'm like, damn, dude, like I'm living it, man. Like I got a good situation going on in my life and that helps me just like understand that like this is such a specific moment in my life like i don't i'm gonna be talking about the time i lived in an rv for decades to come as as long as i live that but i think at the end of the day i i keep putting myself in these situations because i'm just like taking what comes my way and and to say a year ago that i was going to be here like a year ago i was with andrew in that studio if you had come on this podcast a year ago you would have been sitting across from Andrew and I shooting the shit over, you know, a couple of beers in our studio um, a year later. Now I'm here. It's so it's just, it's so important to stay present with it because there's so much good content just from the idea and the mindset of staying present. hundred percent. I could not agree with that more. Yeah. And that it's so fun and deck has circled the wagon already, but I'm going to reiterate it. Like it is so fun to be able to play in this, in this space with the amount of work that's already been done and the backing that you already have, like, you know what you need to do. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of simply continuing to do what you're currently doing and letting that evolve into something, finding a way to add to your repertoire of things that, that are happening. This is like this virtual space where you're just trying to get as many eyeballs as possible but what eyeballs mat which eyeballs matter um and finding like the ones that are going to resonate the most it's it's a virtual space and you don't really get to interact with it uh in person so you might as well make that one-on-one impact when you can and the uh that one guy what's his name again i got it we got to shout him out again who's the guy jenkins wait anthony the the chats the oh guy anthony the chats. swenson What's anthony, anthony swenson? swenson like that is going to replicate itself the anthony yeah. swensons of the world will continue to be around and yep. it that's what's the coolest aspect of being in this space um and then on top of that what you're doing nate and i think is the coolest aspect is a mirror image of you you're not doing anything that you wouldn't already be doing and you've said this already that like that is what fires me up. Like you talk about the the TikTokers that go viral. Okay, they might have just like hit a pocket of something that they now have they're pigeonholed in and they have to be in that space. And they become yep. this alter ego that they never intended. Um 
why, why we've always connected is like, we are passionate about these things and it's simply a reflection of who we are and, and the people that uh, uh, continue to gravitate into the circle are, are like-minded people. And that is 100% the reason why Deck and I continue to do this podcast is because we have the ability to chat with like-minded people that are passionate about something, they care about it deeply and they're continuing to do it daily. Um, and I love having these conversations every Thursday because of that. Yeah, no, you said it best. And I've, I mean, I've loved seeing the progress of this podcast, um, from whenever the first time I heard about it, when, when you were, um, interning at media bridge and just like, I mean, I've, I, I, um, have listened to some of the episodes and I'm just like, that's, it's cool. Like everybody, like there, there is this fascination of just like chasing whatever drives you and just to see people that are actively doing it, it's refreshing and people are figuring it all out. And I think just being able to surround myself with more people that whatever your arena is, but we all have the same goal of like, we want to just do what we love. And hopefully there's, you know, if, if people decide to follow that, that's awesome. Um, and it, and it, you know, the hope that it becomes something which is not necessarily the end goal, but it's again, you know, I would love for it it's to be in some case and in some way. And I, I we're, I'm tw- about to be 27 there's plenty of people that have made a, t- a ton of like, just they've had a ton of success, whether it's YouTube or something else. And I mean, YouTube didn't even exist when they were 27. Like I, I have to keep reminding myself and like, I know I'm, I'm not a huge Gary V person. Like I, I think he, he has his place like in the space, but I do respect what he's done and just like knowing like where he came from with his, with his wine stuff and you know i don't know he was in his 30s or 40s or whatever when he started that so it's i don't know (laughs) no it's 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 uh it i know what you mean and what's what's interesting is uh for a guy like gary v who's lived you know before the internet era and being hustler before the internet era and then seeing the the internet and social media and just like capitalizing on it because he's just a hustler and i think that's just like that's that's the part that speaks the most to me is like if you're willing to hustle like the opportunities and the and the things will come and as long as you're like you got a brain and you're you're good you're you're confident and good at what you're doing then the opportunities will come and i think what's interesting is like for for us and for you um converting your audience into real life like Mm -hmm. you know andrew and i come into situations like i feel like a a lot of what we do is just a series of problem solving uh towards uh, the things that we're, we love to do, like a, like a Bocello, a Coachella themed boat party in Minneapolis, the biggest boat party in Minneapolis ever, every summer for the Twitch listeners. Uh, you should definitely come. <laughs> it's a blast. But like, that was an idea just like one random day, uh, Memorial weekend of 2018, you know, like that's, that's, a, that's a small thing that became this big thing that now is a series of problems that Andrew and I have to solve. On top of that, the way we solve the problems is through like the people that we either meet online, they hear about us, uh, we know them personally, and like I, I truly try and grow and and problem solve everything that we do through like the genuine connections we've met through doing uh, this podcast and starting this production company over the last four years. So like I feel like that's the biggest caveat to like life longevity. This marathon that we're all running is like, what's the best way that you can capitalize and i hate to say capitalize what's the best way you can utilize and like genuinely create um a space for yourself to like 
be able to solve the problems over and over and over again. Like you come to us with a problem or we have a problem that comes up in our own circle. It's like, I'm going to think of the first like two, three, four, five people that come to my mind that I just like know and I can text them yep. or, or like know and I can discord, like uh, throw them in the discord chat or like yeah. DM them on Instagram and they're going to respond because they see a, see a DM from back pocket or Declan or Andrew or whoever. And it's like, they're going to respond because they know like we're good friends. Yep. Um, and that happens over years and years and years of this type of commitment, what you're talking about. Um, it's just a fascinating thing that I just wanted to bring up. Cause like you're kind of in the, the, such a, a, a young, young nascency of, of this idea of like, you're gifted so many people. It's like, who are the, who are the players? Who are the hustlers? Who are the people like that? I will genuinely connect with. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's, it's something that I have, I've had to remind myself this a lot because 99.9% of people that are in my position in the sense of how many followers I now have, have worked for it. And I haven't, like, I have not put in, uh, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you there. Nate. Okay. You yeah. can say, you can say what you're going to say, but I'm going to continue with at least part of what I'm, I'm going to say. Okay. Now I, so, this is, I, this yeah. is podcast. I have not earned that. I, I, I am understood that I've put in work to get to where I am. I am not saying I was just randomly, this is here. And I got lucky. Like that's part of it. All I'm saying is, is that the journey of getting to 140,000 subscribers for another person, they are bat like they have battle scars. They have been weathered by the storm. They, they have figured it out. They have um, figured out the process of thumbnails and titles and, and uh, keywords in YouTube descriptions and the production process, lighting, audio, like that is what I'm saying. I'm not, I, I get what you're saying and I appreciate that. But all I'm saying is, is I've gotten lucky and I'm in a position where the expectation is because I've had a lot of people that have come onto streams or comp commented and they're like, this guy's 140,000 subs. Why isn't he doing this? Or why is this wrong? And I'm like, I, <laughs> like, I'm in a weird position to speak to that. But yeah, anyway, I'm, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you said what I was going to say. I don't believe in luck. I think you, everything comes because you put in the work and uh, it, it arrived um, because of con consistent motion. Um, but on top of that, say you are, in, uh, you are lucky, um, where you are ultra different from most is your intention behind why you're continuing to do this. And it, re and it returns to the art of the give back. Um, this guy, Mr. Beast, allowed you to have this um, uh, this many subscribers. He said your name. He gave you this opportunity. What if in in the, in his world he went through a bunch of YouTube channels and looked at people that had a very just like humble, simple personality that he knew we we're gonna like utilize this to ultimately be in his position one day to then give back to someone else. And um, that's that's who you are, Nate. You already have done it in the regard of. Any dollar that has come in, you're trying to replicate the Mr. Beast model and create a video that does, quote unquote, meet the Mr. Beast, stand Mr. Beast standards and like might boost your videos. But ultimately, like, that, like that's what you want to do. Like you mm -hmm. want to be um, 
ha- having the ability, you want to have the ability to create a video and give someone uh, an impactful moment. Uh, and I think that's what's really cool. So regardless of what you are lucky about, the intention behind everything um, is pretty beautiful. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I, I hope to God at some point I have a thumbnail and a title of a video in my YouTube creator, whatever, where it says, giving the back pocket a Tesla. That is my, that's, I'm putting that on my, my list of videos. So give me like, I don't know, two to three to four years and maybe we can get there. We'll, we'll Dude, take the, uh, uh, the rocket ship to Mars. <laughs> that's what I'm after. We'll put the back, the first podcast, the interplanetary podcast. Yeah. The first podcast to podcast from Mars. That'd be sick or the moon. <laughs> I'll do either, Which, but we'll also take the Tesla in the meantime. So not to flex, I'm not, not to flex here, but Mr. Beast actually did follow me on Twitter. So I have, he's never talked to me. I tried DMing him just to say, thank you for the opportunity. I have never heard it back, but I, I think at some point, whether it's for a future video where he gets all of the people that, you know, he's done something for together or whatever, I, I strongly believe that at some point I will make an actual connection with him just because I'm one of, I think, 1500 people that he follows on Twitter roughly. And like, just, I mean, like, I don't know what that could look like, but just the the opportunity because I mean, he's, he's consistently tweeting with Elon Musk and like all these, like, just like the, the crazy people that he is now, you know, talking to, it's like, what could, what is he going to be in five to 10 years? And like, I am permanently eternally in some way connected to Mr. Beast forever. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, it's that Mr. Beast guy, which like, you know, there's worse things to be as far as like, (laughs) what I am now labeled as. And I'm fine with that. Cause I know I'm, I am an alter deeds. I am myself, but I am like my, my epithet. Like if I was Odysseus from the Odyssey, if you guys ever read that book, yep. I am an alter deeds, the Mr. Beast guy. <laughs> like that is the subtitle of who I am in some ways now. So like, I don't know. I feel very lucky that that is part of the, that's been part of my journey. And I, I think that at some point this happened, but I'm curious and interested to see, uh, what that could maybe also look like in, down the road. Well, yeah. we're talking, yeah, we're talking about your story, Arkham. We're talking about your journey, man, and the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, and strikes and gutters. I'm curious, Nate, through this process of becoming Alter D and uh, learning who you are, what is what has been your average quality? What is your average quality? Something you do well at times, other times not so well. At the end of the day, you deeply care about it to get a little bit better. Nate, what's your average quality? <sighs> My average quality, I don't know, this is, and I'm like, I don't want to give like an interview answer, like the standard corporate America interview Uh answer for this. My, in a lot of ways, I think my, my average quality is that I'm a yes person. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know if that fits the bill, but it's what I'm rolling with. I, it is, it is my biggest blessing and my biggest downfall as a human being. Um, in the sense of I have a bunch of like friend groups that I try and keep up with, like that I know that I have limited time between a job that requires a lot. Again, wife, dog, wanting to work out, YouTube, Twitch, friend groups, grocery store, mow the lawn, like all of these different things that I have to do. And so the downside of that is that it ends up being that one of those or a few of those buckets don't get fulfilled on a consistent basis. The positive side of being a yes person is that it's enabled me to just like figure things out and saying like, yes, I'm going to do that. Like at work, like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. 
Um, and so that is something that I think is it's it's a it's a, a huge downfall, but a huge it's also the the thing that makes me me. Um, and so you know, looking at that, you don't want to be a yes person, correct? Like if you look at if you you hear stories about that, or if it's brought up in a professional setting, like that's that's not a good thing to be. But I do see the light in and of itself for what like what it can be. Um, and so I think that's that's what I would say. I don't know if we've ever gotten that answer, and I and I really do appreciate that because you're looking at two guys, and Deck will say it right now: ultimate yes guys, saying yes to everything, and all and figuring out how it's going to fit into the mold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think it's it's like in order to actually make an opportunity happen, you have to say yes. And there's no one that's going to sit here and question that. But there is also a part to business or your season of life where you have thousands of DMs and you can't say yes and open all thousand. Otherwise, you're not mowing the lawn or hanging out with your wife or doing anything except for saying yes to dumb DMs. Right. Like there's an obvious time and place to say no or an obvious time and place to like limit your time and, and tell yourself no sometimes. Yep. And I think it, it comes, uh, like Andrew said earlier, like it ebbs and flows, right? Your, your yeses will ebb and flow based on what's coming across you. Your yeses got to, got you to where you are, but your, your nos are probably going to free you up to, um, you know, pursue the, the things that actually matter, uh, essentially to where your yes has got you initially. So yep. I, I, I think, like you said, it's the great average quality because it's always something to like keep front of mind, especially for Andrew and myself. It's like, there's definitely plenty of people out there um, that we've uh, had to say no to now. Um, and, and going forward, we'll probably say no to more often uh, because of just different opportunities that are coming our way. Like yeah, we, you can't, you can't shoot us down for saying yes to some, uh, podcast production gig that we, you know, in the past, but like going forward, when you put that up against whatever new opportunity that we now have, it's like, that's an obvious, no, I'm sorry. But like, um, and, and that's just, and that's just based off the trajectory of like how we're feeling. And again, to maximize that joy. So you, I think you understand it. It's good that you have a front of mind. I think at, at the end of the day, it's not until recently that I have come to this place of enlightenment. It was, a couple of months ago after, I mean, um, the quarter four is our busiest time of year at media bridge. And it was a grind and pl- it kind of, I mean, it really, the, the effects of that have dribbled into March and even into April of just like this year has been weird with, with COVID and some clients pausing and now, but we've also grown and just trying to figure that out. And, you know, again, what got me into media bridge as a creative intern was being like, I, I, I said in my, my interview, I said, I'm going to work so hard that you can't get rid of me. Um, and doing that, that like, that's what got me the job. And like, that's why I'm here and like why I've gotten to it. But it's also at, in my professional setting, um, it's, it's been a downfall because now I'm so strapped in so many different ways that I'm, I'm B or a C in everything. Um, and so learning how we use the term delegate and elevate um in terms and just being able to i don't know if you guys have heard that from giselle yes, oh my have. god have we heard yeah. that <laughs> so i we use that it's 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 you know it's a it's a fun cute saying but it i mean there's truth to it <laughs> like it's i've had to embrace that and i am now happier than i was a month or two ago where i was probably like i there was days where i just wanted to 
fall over and like not do anything because I, between trying to do all of this, be a good husband, all the things we've said a billion times on this podcast already, I was failing at all of them. And so if I did not stop being a yes person in some ways and realizing I have the people around me that can take things off, not because I can't do them, but because I don't need to do everything. And that's again, full circle with YouTube and everything. That's why I need help. <laughs> like, that's why like, I need to bring that person because I'm never going to be fulfilled in this. If I just consistently feel like I'm failing because I don't have the time to put into it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think, uh, it, it's just, it, it's so funny because like at the end of the day, this marathon is all about just being smart enough and aware enough to keep proceeding. <laughs> like, like you, you have to just evaluate every new problem, every new situation that comes in your life day to day and make an evaluation, move forward. Like the, I, I'm not, especially in, in times where like, you know, we're, we're in all three of us are in this like nine to five hustle, your day job to get paid. And then from 5 PM to however late we like to, we always call it the nine, the nine to five. And then the five to nine, it's way later than 9 PM, yep. but uh, nonetheless, it's, it's this idea of like, dude, you're, you're still going to be hustling. You're still going to be eating crow. You're still going to be tired at the end of the day. So at the end, like you're going to have to find like the weekends are like times where I still, am like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. Like not doing anything because I know that even if I was full-time in a position at back pocket, I'm still not doing shit on Saturday night. Like, I don't care what you say. Or yeah. like just setting, and maybe it's not that Saturday night. Like, for granted, you're still like kind of technically always on call, pushing the ball forward. But like, I'm not doing media production uh, on a Saturday night. Like, I'm watching UFC, or I'm hanging yeah. out with my girlfriend, or I'm doing whatever I want to do that like I genuinely want to do. And I think we're getting to a point now where, you know, we're actually getting kind of our, our time will continually start to free up as things become more efficient. We don't have to drive to work anymore. Wake up and go to work. Okay. Yep. <laughs> For some people that frees up four hours, like mm -hmm. two hours of like full on commute. Uh, and like, okay, I'm not going to drive to the gym anymore. I'm just going to work out in my home, you know, like that kind of frees up some time too. And like organization wise might free up some headspace. Um, there's just a ton of different stuff from the past year that like you kind of, we kind of got a little tick up in our like t own personal time, uh, because these random, like looking back, I'm, I'm sure like looking back at like driving to work every day is going to be a heinous thing. <laughs> oh yeah. I will never purposefully sit in traffic ever again. What a absolute waste of time. <laughs> like, I know that there are people are like, well, I like to drive because I know I can listen to my favorite show or podcast. Which or po some people are seeing in traffic listening to this right now. And I hate to, to, to disdain those people. Yeah. And I'm dearly sorry for them. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. But like, it's just I am I am somebody that I, I do like to minimize. I, I try and make myself the most efficient possible, like Same. outsourcing Same. the things that I don't like to do. Like whether that's grocery delivery or, you know, if I need to, I don't want to take care of my dog. I might put him in daycare for a day. We did that last week because we had a, the, uh, an HVAC person coming to our house and didn't want to deal with our dog freaking out all day, which, you know, just like little things like that and learning how to implement that. I am all about that. And again, going back to your original point, traffic 
it can be cool to, to relax and have a moment for yourself. But in the end, I, I absolutely hate sitting in traffic. So I will probably never intentionally do that again, as long as I can, which probably isn't always going to be possible, unfortunately. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, and through the journey, I'd love to ask another back pocket core question, man. Um, what has been in your back pocket when pressure has become stress and anxiety is rising? Uh, what do you have in your back pocket, Nate, that helps you overcome these situations? And it could be in the very moments that we just described being a yes guy. Yeah, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier. I, I thought about this question before getting on. And I do think that the thing that I have in my back pocket that has gotten me here is the belief that I can do anything I put my mind to. Like it, it, that's corny. That is super cheesy. But like I, in just a, a weird example of this, like senior year of college, I was graduating. I could have actually graduated a, a half semester early, but just for the sake of wanting to finish at the same time as my friends and I didn't have a job yet, I was like, I'm just going to pick up some extra classes that I think would actually be interesting and just like do what I want to do for a semester. But I didn't pick something like athletics related or like, I don't know what another cool example, I, I picked computer science and I took intro to computer science. Um, and it was the t- one of the toughest classes I've ever taken in my life. And it's a class where over, I think we started with over 20 and we finished with seven, seven kids finished the class. And I got a B in that class. And I would say I was pro- I don't, I was not a straight A student. I was probably a B plus a minus student. Um, I just, that's just how I was, but like, I was more proud of that B than I was of any other class I ever took in my life. Cause I had to work 10 times harder to just survive. And like, that's proof that like, I, I just did it because I wanted to like, see what it was about. And I didn't think there was times where I wanted to quit and just not do it. It was not necessary, but I'm like, I figured it out. And I still like, I don't necessarily use it on a day-to-day basis, but now like part of my full-time job is building dashboards. And like, I use some of the things I learned in that here. And like, that is, it's maybe that's a stupid example, but just like, I was never of the mindset that I couldn't figure it out. I was at the point where this sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. I probably cried at least once at the thought that I might fail a class for the first time in my life, but like I figured it out. And like, if I wanted to do something tomorrow that I've never done before, I'm probably going to suck at it the first time, but like, I know I will figure it out. And like, I just think that confidence in myself has gotten me way farther than a degree, than in intelligence, than anything like really it's it's just like there's going back to what i said too of just like there's people out there that have had been in way worse spots than i am right now that have become great and so that that mindset in the back of my head at all times it drives me a lot dude it's badass man i love that uh which what were you learning in that uh computer science class because i had a very similar experience with my intro to computer science yeah like c c plus c plus plus yeah we the first so i actually took two (laughs) i I took the second class um as well um i took intro to programming which was primarily java i think one of them was java and one of them was javascript okay never mind you're good you i think you might have touched something on your microphone that spiked the volume but it's back to normal (laughs) weird you're good but whatever (laughs) um the uh no that's that i (laughs) the initial question of computer science i was just not on top of mind but did you ever have a dr sawan as a teacher at saint thomas 
he's like the best he's like the best fucking computer science teacher of all time like that guy (sighs) rocked my world but he was he was so rocking if he didn't it's not a big deal I did not have him, but I do remember the intro guy that I had. His name was Jarvis. I think it was Tim Jarvis. And it was, I'm going to give a shout out to that guy because he actually taught me a lot besides computer science. He was a hard ass. He was, if, if you didn't put like a period where there was supposed to be a period, you'd get the whole question wrong. Like not to say like, like he was just almost no emotion until after the, the midterm, which was the weed out test. Half the class dropped out after that test. And then after that, once he knew it was people that were like serious about learning and were willing to put in the work in, he changed his tone like totally. And it's because there's probably a ton of people. It It was me as a senior and a bunch of freshmen that like people come in and like he knows it's his job to not waste their time. And so if they are not going to put in that work and effort to like get over that first hump, Like he can't coddle them. He can't coddle them through a degree. And he knows that. And so he plays this hard ass. And I thought it was hilarious that his name is Jarvis and his computer science, because that's like straight up Iron Man. Um, And but yeah, like I just I was like the way that he showed up the class after our midterm, it was like this is a new guy. So anyway, shout out to that guy. I like I liked him a lot. Well, and and shout out to you. I mean, for that that confidence in yourself and in that just aspect to have in your back pocket and like dude i'm always betting on nate if you're going into an issue where you're you don't know what the hell you're doing like that's that's awesome like that's so what you had said there and i follow with a couple shitty questions but like what you had said there is powerful man like truly truly awesome the fact that um it's, it's a confidence thing. And I, and I love that because you can apply it to freaking anything and it, how great is it? And what a great lesson learned for just, you know, college in general, like the class that has nothing to do with your degree, nothing tells you what you're supposed to be doing, but just the class just straight up is very challenging and force you to work harder than you ever had to. Like, that's the thing you hold on that badass dude. I love it. Yeah. I, I strongly encourage anybody listening at this point to, you know, you don't have to have the exact same mindset, but true, like believe in yourself, whatever that thing is that you want to do or who you want to become, you can do it one day at a time. You'll figure it out. There's struggle as part of the process. Struggle is good and you will get there if you believe. But I, but I think, I mean, in people might roll their eyes at that name, to be honest, people may, may be like, okay, whatever. But put yourself make yourself suffer a little bit like don't be afraid of just like sucking ass at something for once i mean god damn it like 100 percent. It, it sucks ass to suck ass at something i i gotta say it like it's true it sucks but it's so worth it at the end it's so worth it to like go through the shitty part because it just makes the outcome as long as you like really put yourself give put the good the good effort behind it like it's so rewarding yeah I agree. There's, I know there's a lot of people that don't believe that what I just said that, and I, that's fine. But like, I, I, I know that you and, and both of you and anybody that knows that mindset and has adapted to it knows that it's true because it's not going to happen overnight. I look back on videos and things that I did years ago and t-shirts that I designed things like things along the way where I'm like, I, that was horrible. Like I am ashamed of what that was if I were to put that out right now. But again, it shows the progress. 
it shows the progress. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, it's, there's something to it. And it, like I said, it might be cheesy, but I believe it wholeheartedly. Yes. It documents the challenge, the idea of never going away. Um, a constant mindset of just consistently being in the present and not going away and, and embracing the suffer, which is a challenge, but it's how we choose to grow is sitting in the suffer and, and challenging ourselves each day to get a little bit better. The best way that we know how is twofold. Um, we challenge um, our guest to, to ask us or to say, um, you should go and grab this person on the show. Um, but we've pivoted recently and we'd like to ask you, Nate, is there someone out there that you think we should challenge ourselves to go reach out to them and see if they want to start a podcast? Now that we're a podcast production company, we're also a talent agency. So, so be it. We're a little mini Hollywood over here. We got a vetting process and seeing who's committed to the game and the art of podcasting. So Nate, I'm curious, is there anyone that you know, or that you might not know, but you'd be like, you got to go after this person. They need to start a podcast. Yeah, there is. I, uh, I thought about this a bit and I think this is a, a, a decent answer to your response. I think they would benefit greatly from a podcast and I've seen your guys' work from uh, straight candid back pocket date night. I, I mean, it's, it's high quality work and you guys have seen the fruits of it. And I know that anybody else um, that is willing to invest in that both time and maybe a little bit of money, um, they would, they will benefit from it. But so my answer to this question, I don't know if you've met them before. Um, but I'm going to say secondhand hounds, um, who we have, um, been directly tied to through media bridge, but also my wife works for secondhand hounds. Um, and so, um, I, I care about them dearly. It's where I got Luca from. I think that they, I mean, they're, I think the largest rescue in the Midwest, I mean, they've got I don't know. They're probably over a hundred thousand followers on Facebook by now. I know that they were close. I, I haven't looked. Um, and so they've had this huge network of, of people and they do really cool things. They don't say, they don't say no, like they will drive and pick up a, a bunch of dogs and cats from Kentucky that are going to be killed tomorrow in the name of just trying to further their mission. And they'll take neonatal dogs like my dog, Luca, that he, uh, he had a cleft palate, a breeder normally would probably just take him to a vet and be put down. Secondhand hound says yes to them. Um, and you know, grows them to a point where they can be adoptable. And that's, that's where we are now. I just think that there is something there that the stories, and this is something that's super cool that they do. It's we rescue them, but in a lot of ways, they rescue us too, of the dogs. Like there's a lot of people that they were in a dark, they might be in a dark spot and like their pet got them through something. And so I think it's a reciprocal relationship. I don't know how I'm going to leave it to the professionals, but I think that you guys could help tell some of those stories further that mission, save animals and make one uh, heck of a podcast out of it. Wow. I, I love that challenge accepted. And I, and what's, what's cool about it is like, there's so many um, amazing people doing dope stuff in the world and it's just like for us to have an opportunity to like take their passion intention and turn it into something that is in this new you know podcast space or in podcast form so like when you talk about this reciprocal idea of like what a dog does with your with dog and man or i should say dog and human uh but like there is certain stuff there is something to be said about that um so challenge accepted dude that's badass great great recommendation 
Well, I let me know if you need help with it. I, I can uh, get some dogs in the studio. <laughs> yeah, a dog podcast, strictly just dogs talking in the mic. Dogs talking. It'd be a good. It'd be a good TikTok. I bet. I bet that's got some virality potential. Definitely does, dude. It definitely. It it absolutely does. And, uh, um, yeah. Just I I really appreciate the thoughtfulness of that uh, response, and I appreciate just the thoughtfulness of this podcast. I mean, we've gone for like two hours now. Um, no. which is just bananas. Uh, and I, you know, I hope that, I hope the chats are hanging along with us um, and, and everything, but it's just been super fun catching up, man. And uh, I just want to say thank you. And I also want to follow up with just, you know, nice present moment question, uh, which is, you know, from the time that you woke up today, which, what time are you waking up nowadays? Depends on the day. Um, I would probably say like 6.45. That's a good reasonable time. Yeah. I like that. Not, but, it's not too early. It's also not too late. It's enough time for me to get up, do a few things and then get started with my day. Right. It's like early enough to like, know you're with the morning risers, but like also late enough that you slept in like a good hour past, like the, maybe the morning risers. You, you were healthy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Super uh, intentional. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, what did you learn today from the time you woke up at 645 to the time we're talking now? That is a great question. And I think that today I learned just the power of saying yes. Honestly, that I'm, I'm just going to be cheesy as all cheese today. But I, you know, I didn't want to go on this podcast when we first met because I feel like I didn't have a story. Right. We asked you to come on. I'm now remembering that we did ask you to come on. You said no a long time ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. We got sushi that one day. I think. Yeah, we did. Wakame. Shout out to Wakame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's, I know that's dumb. I realize that is stupid. I, in some ways I'm like, I see all the cool people that you were having on the podcast and I'm like, I, I don't really like, I don't have a lot to talk about, which, you know, maybe I probably did, but I just think, you know, a couple of years ago to where I am now, just being able to say yes to something like this and just flow. And, you know, we don't chat all that often, you know, I might see like back before COVID, it might've been every couple of months. Um, and, but we can just pick up and have an amazing conversation. Um, and I think that that's just a testament to friendship and to, um, just dudes that, that like what we're doing. Um, and so, yeah, I would just, anybody out there that, you know, you're maybe scared of saying yes to something might, uh, might, something might cool, something cool might come out of it. Absolutely, dude. I think, uh, you are a testament to that in every sense of the word. And, uh, just honestly thankful to have you as a friend, uh, as a mentor, as just a guy who is a pioneer in the creative space and, uh, <laughs> on the internet, <laughs> I'm figuring it out one day at a time. Stay tuned for, uh, where, where it goes. And I'm serious. I want to have you guys on a stream at some point, either in person or digital, and we'll we'll rip some packs. Dude, let's absolutely rip packs. Let's get that on the calendar. Nate, thank you so much for the time that you spent with us. Thank you to all those people on Twitch. <laughs> GG's in the chats. GG's dubs in the chat, boys. I love it. Thank you, Nate. That's a wrap. Seeing double. Tell the whole squad out the back door, man, I think it's time to huddle. Yeah. We're in trouble. Wrote a pop song, tried to pop off, but I think we popped the bubble. And we run around, but now I know we're tired.